It's time for Bump and Run, the podcast all about golf. Here are your hosts, Bob and Jamie. And welcome to another edition of Bump and Run. This is the uh, the edition where uh, Bump plays injured. Bump, how are you? I understand yeah. you're a little under the weather. A little, a little under the weather. Had a little uh, stomach problem. Oh, that's not good. Uh, in the middle of the night, so we're going to soldier through. Are you uh, are you like a cranky, cranky guy when you get uh, sick like that? Like women always accuse men of being real sucks. You know when they um, when they get sick. I don't know. Are you sucky? I don't think I'm sucky. Um, we had a situation once, my family, where, for those that don't know, I have three children. And uh, one Boxing Day morning, four of the five of us got sick at once. Oh, no. <laughs> and my wife my wife was out of it. Uh-oh. And so in between me throwing up, I was cleaning up all the, gr- the two other girls that were throwing oh. up. So I'd like to think that I'm, I don't get sick often. So Merry Christmas for that. It's a... Wow. Uh, yeah. You know, I was thinking, I yeah. asked you, we were talking about this uh, before we went on, and I asked you, you know, do you remember the last time you threw up? I actually remember a, a time you threw up. Remember at the, master, remember at the Masters one year when we had, you oh, had food poisoning? Yes. You food and Jim Bradford got food poisoning from yeah, me and Nelly got food poisoning. a fish restaurant in uh, Augusta. Yeah. Probably not a great idea to eat fish yeah. in Augusta, but anyway. It was, uh, well, you know, and I remember... Corey said we should never order fish on a Tuesday, and I'm like, well, why didn't you tell me that before I ordered the fish on Tuesday? <laughs> Thank you, Corey Warren. <laughs> and he was promptly, like, and he was promptly kicked off the broadcast by that. No, no, it's not. Right. <laughs> All right, not let's right. get into some golf here. Uh, this is what the podcast is all about here. And uh, are you sure we can... we're coming off a uh, a dramatic ending to the Solheim Cup? And I know you were glued. You told me you were glued to the TV. I didn't see it live, but. Watched a lot of the highlights on it, and um, it was a dramatic ending. And it was, mm-hmm. uh, of course, highlighted by Suzanne Pedersen announcing that she was stepping away from the game. And I didn't realize just until today, she she hadn't even thought about that. She just it was like a spur of the moment thing. She said, "Yep, that's it. I'm out." Yep, it's it's a great way to end her career with a you know a winning putt to win the Solheim Cup, the last shot of the tournament. Um, I thought what she just meant her Solheim Cup career was over. Yeah. But then she said, nope, I'm done with professional golf. I'm like, but you just came back. <laughs> oh, it's kind of weird. She had <laughs> she had a baby a little while ago, and then she had a little bit of injury stuff as well. Mm-hmm. But um, it is, seems kind of weird like to just sort of spur of the moment say, okay, that's it, I'm out, especially after such I'm a done. highlight. You know, it's happened before. Where? With um, have- and the LPGA tour, like Lorena Cho, after dominating for three to five years stretch, just decided she wanted to quit and have a family. Same with Annika, yeah, I suppose. Like early thirties, nobody did it like by sinking the um, last putt and then talking into the no, camera. No, no, yeah, it was, it was, uh, you know, obviously, I think, you know, I think we can all assume she want she came back so that she could be on this team one last time. Um, and she was a captain's pick and a controversial captain's pick because she hadn't played. Right. She played three tournaments prior to the Solheim Cup and missed two cuts. <laughs> so, she, you know, Katrina Matthew took a chance on her. That's a big chance. Um, and it paid off. She played. She played very well. Like I watched most of the most of the event, and it was, you know, it was great to see some. Like it was, you know, we were used to, you know, sometimes the last few Ryder Cups and especially the Presidents Cup, it's gotten out of hand at yeah. times with with the leads. 
This one was tight the entire way. The U.S. rallied a couple times during the team competitions to keep it close instead of letting it get out of hand. And then 8-8 going into the singles. And at no point in time were we thinking this is going to get out of hand because it was so close. Um, even Like all the swings, even the swings that happened early for Europe, then the U.S. came back. And then Anne Van Dam and Charlie Hull lost the 18th hole and ended up losing some points so then the u.s was going to win and then all of a sudden you know anna norquist was well up in her match the last one of the day but between bronte law and suzanne Pedersen, yeah um they had to win their matches and they did and they did and you know it was it was crazy compelling like i uh, it's one of the better team matches i've ever watched so my favorite suzanne Pedersen story involves when she was at the um I want to say it was either 2012 or 2013. I guess it was then probably the BMO Women Canadian Women's Open, anyway. Mm-hmm. And she had just appeared in the Body Issue by the right. ESPN magazine, and she was, you know, songs closed. Now she didn't show anything too graphically, but as they don't in that, in that they hide it pretty well. Right. Some guy came up and wanted her to autograph the, the issue, and she looked at it. And she was all embarrassed, <laughs> and she said, "No, no, I can't. I don't like." I don't like seeing myself like that. I don't think it's. I don't think I should be autographing that. So the guy went away, and he took his sharpie, and he kind of like drew over the parts that were sort of partially <laughs> exposed, and then he went. And he went back and asked for another autograph, and she still said no. She wasn't going to autograph it. Apparently, she didn't like herself in the buff. But I uh, mean, uh, should be remembered, I think, as a pretty gritty competitor. She won. Interesting. She mm-hmm. was. She won both the tournaments in Canada, like the old Mania Life. And the CP right. Women's Open, and the CP, uh, which yep. is pretty interesting. And um, mm. uh, the only one I can think of who did better was Mark Kalkovecchia, who won the Canadian Open. He won the old Greater Vancouver Open, and he also won the Champions Tour event in Montreal. So that's a pretty good trifecta. Right. That's, that's not bad. Good. Yeah, she, you know, 15 LPJ wins and two majors, um, nine Solheim Cups she played yeah, on. Pretty good. Um, she was a she was a very good player for a very long time and and one of the first ones female golfers to come out of Norway. Um, so you know she paved the way for others. They're you know they're more like she paved uh, the way. She paved the way for there. Victor Hovland. Yeah, there's there, absolutely like and again like it's not the it's not one of the golfing nations we look no. to, right? Um, what do you think of what do you she's think of sports when you think of Norway? What do you think of? Well, I, I think mostly of the the skiing sports, biathlon, ski jumping, um, all the ski jumping and and the skiing sports. Yeah. You know, they that's what they're known yep. for. Um, those amateur Winter Olympic sports. Um, and she had a she was one of the better players on tour for a very long yep. time. Um, and yeah, you're right, gritty competitor. You know, like they had she had that controversy at the Solheim Cup a few a few uh, Solheim cups back where she didn't, she didn't concede I think it was the last time it was in, pot, right? she didn't concede the hole and there was like a whole controversy yeah. around it um, but she wasn't going to give you an inch no, that's for sure um, and again her match like you know I, you know I saw a lot of there was a lot of reaction to Marina Alex you know losing it for the US well she didn't lose it she had a birdie putt too um, they they she came back from two down won two holes in a row to get it all square and then they just traded blows right. back um, and forth if alex made a shot Pedersen made it right on top of her um 
it was a fantastic match. Like the entire Solheim Cup was, it really was a fun event to watch. And the girls played great golf. And on Saturday, in very tough conditions, it was good. Um, all the birdies they made on Saturday with the wind and the rain that was going on there, yeah, very was crazy good. Um, it was good for the women's game. Like I hope you know people watched it because you know you really get to see that. These girls are really, isn't really it, good isn't golfers. It terrible, isn't it terrible that we have to say that? I hope it's good for the women's game. It I is. Just, it really, it really is. It shouldn't be, but anyway. Uh, let's move it, on. Let's move it, on. Okay. Uh, the winner on the men's tour was Joaquin Neiman, and um, I think that is that is how you pronounce his name, by the way, Joaquin Neiman. Yes, Joaquin That's Neiman. That's right. And um, it brought up an interesting – it's great for him to win. He's a young guy first. Uh, you know, he's under 21, mm-hmm. I think. He's um, – uh, been touted as kind of a big player. He won the Latin American Amateur back in the day. He's the first the former world number one, former world number first one player from Chile to win on the uh, PGA Tour, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. He kind of shows you to me a little bit about how the Olympics have affected stuff. I think he wouldn't, he may not have been where he is now if it hadn't been for the Olympics. But that's a debatable right. point. Um, but to me, it brings up a bigger issue, which is or a bigger point, I guess, which is: Do you think he's got a chance now to get on to the um, uh, President's Cup team? I would think if you're going, you know, this is the tough thing about what Ernie Els and Tiger Woods are dealing with. Um, usually, you know, the end of the season happens, and we're picking a couple weeks later. Um, these guys are waiting. It's not until December. Yeah. And the picks are going to be so, made November 4th. Uh, the, right. The picks are made in early November. And who know between November and the beginning of December, between that month, in between when the picks are made and when the actual tournament is, you know, guys could lose their game during that time too, right? So it's a really strange one this time. And But, you know, anybody, any international player right now has to think that if they can string together a few good a few good finishes, they have a chance at one of the four captain's picks. Yeah. Um, you know, I think if Jason, there, there's talk that Mark Leishman might not be able to play with his back Ouch. injury. That would be a big loss. So if that happens, if that happens, Jason Day would move into his slot. Right. So then you don't have to waste you don't have to waste the captain's pick on Jason Day because I think Jason Day is pretty much a lock. Yeah. Um, he's a veteran. He's one of the better players on tour for a long time. But then after that, you know, it's it's not a who's who. No, it's not of anything. <laughs> <laughs> so Joaquin Neiman for sure has to be involved in Corey Connors and Sun J M, who has played the most rounds on tour in the last year and played pretty darn good. Um, it's it's a, it's an interesting bunch of guys, um, and if you can string together some good finishes in this in these fall events, I think you're you're going to be on Ernie Els' radar. All right, so let's let's put you on the hot seat then. If you are Ernie Els right now, um, who would you make as your four picks? Uh, well, Jason Day, as I mentioned earlier, I think Jason Day's uh, a lock to be on this team. Um, I, I don't think you can not put him on the team. You know, if you look at the eight guys that qualified, um, you know, aside from Ustazen, Matsuyama, Leishman, if he should play, and Adam Scott, there's not a lot of experience there. So I think Jason right. Day is in. Um, and plus the whole Australia angle as well. I, I think Corey Connors, yeah. I think Corey Connors is really is going to be a pick. I really believe that. I think Mike Weir is going to fight hard for him. I think Corey, because he is such a great player tee to green, in an alternate shot format, he's not going to put his his partner in a lot of dangerous spots. 
So I right. think he really, Agreed. I think he really fits the mold for that. Um, I think Joaquin Neiman right now, I would take him because he's played well. He's won. Uh, he looked really good at the Greenbrier and ran away with it. Um, and then I, I think he played well. He played well at the end of last yeah, season. Yeah, exactly. Too, and I so. think you know it's going to be tough because you got you know two Korean guys, Benny On and Sun J M. I think Sun J M has shown enough form that he should probably be one of the favorites going going in. And he was, I think, eleventh on on the standings when when the top eight were were announced. So you know, unfortunately, I don't think Jazz was a popular one around the U.S. Open because he had played well on the on the Asian right. tour. And then he had a big U.S. Open, but I don't think he's played all that well since, and so I think that has gone I, down a bit. Um, I think uh, I think Justin Harding will be the same way that Mike Weir is going to fight for Corey Connors. I think Ernie Els might be sort of pressured right. to get a, another South African on there, and Justin Harding or maybe Eric Van Ruyen. So if one of those two does anything between now and November third. Um, they, I think they might get the fourth pick, but I agree with you on the first three. And then if Day gets replaces Mark Leishman, who might not be able to play, will probably become a captain's mm-hmm. assistant, um, or as they put up on the scoreboard at Royal <laughs> Montreal, oh, ass captain's captain. ass, <laughs> ass captain. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I think. I think uh, that's why. I'm sure that's why they changed him away from assistant captain. Um, then I think you know maybe Sung J M gets the the nod, but uh, it's going to be interesting. I think it's really really I, interesting to see what I do happen. because I don't. I, I agree because I don't. You know, again, there's no obvious choices for Ernie Els. I don't believe aside from Jason right. Day right now. So right, it's right, exactly. um, it will be very interesting to say the least to see what he does and and you know again the last time it was in Australia they won so. I think right. there's a lot of pressure for the international team to do something um, exactly. because they haven't really. Though, I think they're going to be outgunned. Yeah, they're they're usually outgunned, but they're not. You know, they haven't um, they haven't really fared all that well. Um, no, but it'll be it will be interesting. Right, gonna, um, now I didn't tease this off the top, but we're going to play a little interview I did with Nick mm-hmm. Taylor just before the uh, start of the uh, Sanderson Farms Championship, which of course is the tournament that he won back in 2014 as part of the 2014-15 mm-hmm. season, and it was his first victory. And um, he's uh, he's there again. I asked him what the uh, well, I won't spoil it, but I asked him what it, what the best part about going back to a place where you have been before, where you've won before is, and he he gave a good answer. That was at the start of the interview. Uh, interesting guy, you know, had a great amateur mm-hmm. career, was one of the best out there. I won't say I don't want to say he struggled because he's he's basically I think he's only missed his card yeah, once I think or so whatever. Too, yeah. But and he's coming off a really good year. And one of the things he said in the interview is you'll hear how we talked about his stats last year were really good, um, but he didn't get the results perhaps mm-hmm. that he thinks he should have. And it was based a little bit on Sunday scoring. And I think he's his first three days scoring he's like thirtieth. 58th, 46th, and then Sunday scoring, he's 160th. Wow. It's like really weird. But I always figured, and I always still do believe, that Nick Taylor is going to have kind of a breakout. Like he's going to be a better mm-hmm. player than he's shown us so far. I, you no, know, I agree. He's got, again, like with a, with a lot of our Canadian players, the ball striking isn't a problem. Would you agree with that for the most part? Yeah. It's just yep. around the greens that most of our most of these guys is the problem, which is probably you could probably say that for probably fifty percent of the golfers on the tour. <laughs> right. You know, aside from you know, I think our best putters are probably Adam Hadwin and Mac Hughes. 
um, that are yeah. on tour currently. So, but but again, like the pedigree that Nick has from his days at the University of Washington. Again, you know, you talk about a kid that played in two U.S. Opens as an amateur, and and was low yeah, Canadian at the at the 2009 U.S. US. Open in, at Bethpage. Um, Not only low Canadian, he was low, low amateur uh, as well. He was low amateur. So he yeah, was the number right. one. You know, he was. You know, he was he was one of the top amateurs in the world, and you know sometimes it doesn't always pan out for these guys. But or he, sometimes, he's kind sometimes of it doesn't out pan out right, right away. away. Exactly, he's kind of carved out a nice little niche for himself. You know, he, you know, the last couple of years, he, you know, he's been inside and made the FedEx Cup. Um, sometimes it's come down to the last couple of tournaments, but he's always managed to keep that card lately. So I think that confidence. Is something because it's not easy, right? It's not easy as we yeah. as we've seen with others. Um, it's not easy to stay on tour. He's, a, he's in his sixth year now, so that's pretty good. He said the time's flown by about that, but it's interesting that I, I would have thought would have been maybe four years, but six years he's been up there and he's uh, he's a good good player. I just think that I especially thought after he won and that early right. going that things were going to kind of pop for him, but um, a lot of guys have one win. Tons, <laughs> like yeah. Four Canadians yeah. as we talked about last on the last that's podcast, right. but. Uh, it's uh, n- difficult, um, and I just wanted to clear one last thing up before we go to that interview. We talked about the Solheim Cup mm-hmm. finish. Is there a, a, any great finishes in golf that come to mind when when you think of that that finish? I don't. I don't think you know if I'm talking team wise and uh, all the team competitions that I've watched and been to. Um, Probably the war on the show. Yeah, right? that was That's... the last time that it came down to the final match right putt. the final putt yeah longer longer missed, you know, it's always better when someone yeah. makes than misses like the whole the whole event surrounding the comebacks at brookline and 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 medina with the europeans and the u.s was crazy but again when you when not like this one um you know there have no. been masters that we've seen with you know phil's masters win you know uh charles schwartz will birdie in the last four holes to win the masters um there's Tiger, Tiger at the Canadian Open right, in 2000. Like those, there have been great, you know, and Hendrick Stenson and Phil Mickelson's battle at the Open. Yeah. Uh, but this one, like, you know, that one might rival it, actually, because they were going blow for blow, you know, both shooting crazy crazy low scores, and nobody else was, right? right. They were so far ahead of everybody else. Um, yeah. But this yeah. one was, you know, there were only three, I think only three of the 12 matches didn't make 17 or 18, uh, if wow. I remember correctly. and. That's that's unbelievable. Um, so I think I don't think there was. Um, it was I, yeah, I was I was really, you know I was <laughs> I was supposed to go pick up my kids for my parents who had stayed overnight there, and I told my mom I go mom I can't not st- I can't not come right now, <laughs> like I can't leave. leave this. I just couldn't leave it. It was it was that compelling because it was so close. Like all matches were swinging one up two up then back down to even then one up the yeah. other way. What about you? All right, you didn't give an answer. Uh, well, I was thinking. I was talking. I thought the mm-hmm. War on the Shore is the only one. That, certainly, the one that came to mind. I think um, you know. I think Tiger in two thousand Canadian Open was pretty mm-hmm. thrilling finish. Uh, Sean McKeel at the PGA stuffing it to like yeah. a foot. Even the Tiger that Bob was May at the PGA. That was that was Tiger pretty good. Tiger Bob May was. They were good. going blow for blow there. Even Y.E. Yang yeah. and Tiger. Even Y.E. Yang and Tiger or the. Uh, the one when um, at the Players Championship when Craig Perks right. won and chipped, chipped in, a in a couple, couple times, times yeah, the last three holes. Yeah, in. that was pretty dramatic. So there's always some good right. finishes, but 
All right, well, uh, we're going to play out now and um, let you listen to the chat I had with Nick Taylor. This was just before uh, he teed off for the uh, first round of the Sanderson Farms Championship. And um, with that, we will say goodbye. I'm Run. And I'm Bump. See you next time. And here is Nick Taylor joining us from uh, the Sanderson Farms Championship, a uh, tournament that uh, I'm sure is quite familiar and, uh, t- to you. And, and, and how does it feel to go back to a place where you've won before? Uh, it's, it's it's really fun. You know, there's a parking spot up close to the clubhouse. So that's a huge bonus. Um, <laughs> you know, the golf course, uh, you know, every year that we've played here, we've actually got a different mixture of weather. One year there was a bunch of rain. Uh, I feel like the year I won being the first year that it was at the, this golf course, greens were a little quicker, rough was a little off, so I think it was playing a little tougher that year. Uh, so we've kind of had a mixed bag of conditions since then. But now that we're completely different date it's really hot this week um so that'll be a, a new a new kind of different experience i think it was 95 today with humidity so it was pretty brutal so um Oof. yeah it's, it's great coming back to the golf course that i've you know even outside of my win i feel like i've played pretty well here every year so it's, i'm always excited to come back um you had a a solid year last year and how how much how much nicer is it to sort of have a little bit of a break towards in the off season now, uh, knowing that where you are for next year, you don't have to worry about anything. There was no stress down the line. Like you had a year before. Um, yeah. it was a little, was it a little easier to start this season off? Yeah. I felt like it wasn't, uh, there wasn't much of a whirlwind like there was last year. So that was nice. Um, I felt like, you know, I, we had, I had four weeks off after New York and we did a little trip after the first week and, the last two weeks went by so fast. I would wish we had maybe a couple more weeks, but um, <laughs> yeah, the off season seems to get shorter and shorter. But uh, yeah, it was nice to not as as much as much stress as last year, and I felt like it was a solid year again. Like the results, I feel like I just lagging behind a little bit, but um, it was a consistent year, so it was, it was a lot of positives. I know one of the things you did in your off season was you had a big charity tournament. That's got to feel nice to be able to kind of give back to the community where you grew up. Yeah, it was it was awesome. It went really well this year again. It was our third year, which again is hard to imagine. And uh things were really well. Um on the gala night, which is the night before, we raised money for the charities there and the next day is for the, the UFB golf team and, and that went really well as well. So weather was great this year and uh everything went well, so it was, it was really fun. I guess if you're having charity tournaments, it means you're kind of a uh, veteran on the PGA Tour. Does that does it kind of does that kind of sneak up on you? Do you feel like a veteran now? Um, I don't know if I'm not veteran category yet. But starting my sixth year, it's really hard to imagine. It's, uh, um, you know, I tell a story. I told it recently to people where when I first got on tour, I'm you know having dinner with David Hearn and Graham Dillon. I think they're on their maybe seventh and ninth year sixth and eighth or something like that and they're like yeah you know it just goes by so fast you know it's my first year i'm like all right if i get to sixth or eighth then i'll let you know it is you know i'm lucky to be my sixth year but it's amazing how how fast it goes and kind of blends together and um yeah pretty fortunate to be doing my sixth year what what's the biggest change for you playing at this point now as it was to say when you were a rookie is it just that you kind of know the courses is that you're more comfortable out here is you kind of know your way around i mean what's what's the biggest change from from your first year yeah 
a, a lot of small reasons, I guess. Being more comfortable, knowing the golf courses, you know, traveling, uh, knowing more when to take breaks. It's almost like being a freshman in high school and then being a senior. You kind of know where everything is. Not that a whole lot changes, but you're more familiar <laughs> with everybody around there. And um, Yeah, it's just... Uh, it's just more comfortable, I guess. And for yeah. me, I think that's been a big thing with, uh, you know, walking around, not me if you like to tiptoeing around a little bit. You just kind of do your own thing and go play golf. Um, so, so what's the? How do you feel about coming into this year? What's your game? Anything that you're that you have different? Any different clubs in the bag? Anything that you've been working on? What's give us an update of where you are? Yeah, not uh, nothing. Whole lot to change. It wasn't really. A whole lot to work on, I guess. There's a lot of my parts of my game that improved a lot last year, especially stats-wise. Um, so that, uh, you know, again, part on the greens is where I really wanted to focus on just to clean it up a little bit, and the wedge game can always improve. I'm trying out this week actually adding a second wedge, or fourth wedge, so I'll have pitching wedge 51, 55, and a 59, and kind of taking out maybe a three or four iron just to see if that could help with some of those yards that are kind of half shots. Um, so that's the only thing that I'm I'm messing around with. But, um, yeah, the game was last year, you know, when I went through all my stats after the year and had some time to reflect, it was probably one of my best years on tour. So the results were kind of lacking behind with some mediocre Sundays. And so it was nice last week that you had a great Sunday and move up. Yeah, a good start to the season last year at Greenbrier, or last week, I should say, at Greenbrier. That's obviously got to get you off to a good good feeling. But it's such a long year. Is it? How do you manage the ups and downs that, as we were talking about you being a veteran player, but how do you manage those ups and downs that naturally sort of occur through the year? Yeah, I think with experience, you, you manage the downs a lot better. Um, taking more breaks to kind of just get away from it. Uh, I think I think having a having a kid in about a month and a half will, uh, <laughs> give me a lot more perspective I'm sure and, and uh, I think that'll help so yeah it's just knowing knowing part of golf is just sometimes you get those bounces that you know could be one or two shots in a round and change momentum and sometimes you know you're not feeling that day and just so much can, can go right those little things can go wrong and change a lot so it's just part of the game it's uh, you mentioned uh, you're about you and your wife Anne. You're about to have a child out there. A lot of people, a lot of players, have said that that when they do have a family, sort of perspective changes. Same thing as when they get married. It's not necessarily all about golf anymore. I know it hasn't been that way for you for a little while, but um, I guess uh, have you asked a lot of people for advice? A lot of other fathers and and mothers for what the hell the things are going to change a little bit. Obviously, uh, you're going to be packing a little bit more when you go on the road. Yeah, that'll be that'll be an experience with the <laughs> stroller, crib, all that. Not crib, but the car seat, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I'm really close with Mackenzie Hughes, and they have a young son, Kenton, that turns two in a bit. So we've we've stayed with them and and got the ins and outs of what to get and what not to get, and how things will change. So um, we'll take it slow. Our timing works out really well. That we'll have a couple months at home uh, once the baby's born and be able to figure out what we're doing so um <laughs> we'll, we'll play it uh play it how it comes i don't know we'll, uh, it'll be a brand new experience so we're both looking forward to it <laughs> well it, it'll certainly be a life-changing experience that's great and uh i'm sure it'll uh, it'll be a great for year for you on the golf course as well nick thanks uh, very much and, and good luck this week at uh, sanderson's farm yeah thanks a lot appreciate it